is Steve. And this is Ryan. You're listening to 60 Cycle Hum. The guitar, buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing. Did I say playing? I didn't say playing. No, I said playing. Podcast. <laughs> I think he just said playing like playing. three times. Woo. All right, we're back, Steve. Yeah, this is uh, episode 2-4. Yep. 24. 24. Don't have anything. Jack sp- Bauer. <laughs> what is it? Oh, yeah. That's a show that I've still never watched. Yeah. Don't. I won't. I promise I you. I just want to know when Jack Bauer, like, so the shows are all supposed to be a 24-hour period. Uh-huh. How does that guy not use the bathroom for 24 hours? I've never seen it. I, I assumed that he maybe he wouldn't. Well, do they show scenes of other people? I guess. Like, I maybe, guess if they're showing scenes of other characters, then then that's the point where he's But it'll be like he's driving across town, so while he's driving to some other location for half an hour, they do like something else. Porto John. Uh, maybe he's, maybe. He's, poop, he's got a diaper. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's that's got to be it. Yeah. All right. Anything new, Steve? Yeah, I got the uh, the Bigfoot fuzz. We talked about it recently, and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, I don't remember which episode it was, but I traded a Boss DD7 for the uh, what's been called the Bigfoot fuzz. It's um, uh, from Garland Guitar Services. I don't know if what Patrick's operation status is with Garland Guitar Services, um, but this pedal is his um seven i think it's called the 70s drive or the 70 drive something uh-huh. like that on the left hand side and it, a big muff clone uh his zero fuzz on the right hand side yeah well it, you were telling me that it, it sounds like this pedal's been passed around to a lot of people yeah i'm not sure how many people have actually had it but i feel like at least two or three different people back in the bigfoot group had it right and like one of them would have it and then they would sell it to another one was it made um, as like a tribute to the Bigfoot group? Or? I, I think so. Okay. That's um, interesting. You know who might know is Casey. Yeah. Casey, I think. I Casey, don't know if, if you're listening, comment on the Facebook group. Yeah, let us know about the Bigfoot fuzz. Yeah, but we've got it here in the room. We posted a couple we do pictures have here. on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, we have a guitar set up if you want to try to pick that up and... It's too far. It's too far away. <laughs> All right, Steve's going to get up and I'm going to narrate and tell you what's going on. He's getting a pick. This is very exciting. Play by play. He's got the guitar. He's heading over. We're running this through my, my Princeton Reverb reissue, by the way. Uh, miking it with an SM57. This is Steve's Red Squire Telecaster project. It's got a humbucker in the bridge. And uh, who knows what pickup is in the neck. Beautiful, Steve. <laughs> Try killing the reverb on the amp. I think it's up at 2-2 or something like that. There you go. It's gone. So that's the, the big muff side, obviously. And there's some kind of switch that, that gives him like a... Uh, either like a high tone cut or like a, a treble boost or something like that. Some kind of boost. Yeah. It's a good sounding big muff on the big muff side. That's actually with the drive or the sustain down. 
Oh yeah, I was messing around with it and I had the uh Yeah, there we go. The sound of the nineties right there. Yeah, I think that must be some kind of boost. And this is the, uh, the overdrive side. It's a two-knob overdrive with some kind of switch that does like a high cut. You could see this little dance that Steve is doing. Yeah, that's the high cut. Well, it's either a high cut or it's a high boost, depending on what side you're on. It works. I kind of like the sound of the uh, the overdrive. I was messing around with it earlier. I dig, uh, I dig the kind of like the gritty simpleness of it. Kind of reminds me of, of the DoD 250 or kind of like a simple MXR early overdrive, which is probably what it's modeled after. It's like the MXR sort of thing. I'm back. He's back. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. This is the first time I've played it. We played it a little bit before we started recording. Uh-huh. And uh, just dropped a few licks for the podcast. And... Uh, I really like that big muff sound. Like I've never, yeah. I'm you know I don't have a ton of fuzz experience. I listening, yeah, but not really playing. Sure. And you know it's funny how uh, because and this is always the hard thing. There's so many um, demo videos and stuff on YouTube that you always say, oh, I'll listen to this on YouTube, uh-huh. and like we'll see how it sounds and whatever. And one, the recording quality on YouTube or the recording quality on anything like always gives you like kind of a two dimensional picture of something that's like it's real, right? You know, it's almost like when you see you know you see your picture of the Mona Lisa uh-huh. on your computer screen or in a textbook, but you have no idea how big it actually is. So you th- a lot of times you think something like that is big when I think the Mona Lisa is like the size of like an eight by eleven piece of paper. It's not very big. Uh, where and then you compare it to like another piece of art in the Louvre that's like a tapestry that's the size of a oh, an entire wall in a room, but you think it's the same size, right? Um, so different fuzz. I've heard a lot of different fuzzes, but I've only played like two or three sure, different sure. fuzzes, and uh, I found that when I play them, I feel like they sound a lot different than oh, what, absolutely how they're recorded, and some of that is just because. Everything is going to be unique to your own playing style. Uh-huh. Um, and some of that, I think, is just actually being in the room and actually having the tactile response of the pedal like that's responding to how you're playing. Right, totally. Um, yeah, I cool. th- there's so much variation within fuzz, even within the same models of fuzzes. Like, just the, the ch- smallest change in value, 
the smallest change in the power supply yeah. can make a huge difference with fuzzes. And that's what can be so maddening about trying to find the right fuzz. <laughs> it's like you're, you've always got this itch like, oh, maybe I could get one that's just a little bit different, a little bit better. Yeah, now the, the next trick is going to be, because uh, it's a shared 9-volt uh-huh. power supply on this uh, input, is to go in and then, because uh, it's a dual pedal, yeah, is put a second 9-volt jack, separate the power supplies, and then sag one side but oh, not the other. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That would, that would be funny, though. I'd, it would be funny if you could start seeing uh, double pedals that have two power jacks. You know, really, for most double pedals, all you probably need to do is, is throw on some kind of like small circuit at the beginning that, yeah. that re- is able to regulate voltage. I, I know... Um, Someone actually in the group this week was asking about voltage sagging. Uh-huh. And someone mentioned that one of the guys that they get their pedals from tends puts voltage sag circuits on a lot of their yeah. pedals. I mean, so. I've got a fuzz face clone that has a internal trim pot for voltage sagging. Is that what that's for? Yeah. I can't like I said, I, I in my head I can't imagine it's a particularly uh, complicated circuit. I no. almost wonder if it's just a pot. I feel like you've got to probably bleed that somewhere. I don't know if it just bleeds to ground through the pot or if you have to do something else. Um, but, I mean, it, maybe it's something to think about. Yeah, totally. Well, I'm always thinking about about Dangerous. Sort of stuff. It's dangerous. <laughs> uh, so that's what's new with you. Got that pedal... We'll post some pictures of it on the Instagram. If you're yeah. not following us on on Instagram, it's uh, just 60 Cycle Hum, right? Yes. On Instagram. Look us up. Be our friend. Uh, follow us on the Facebook group. We, we repost stuff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we get into ads? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to start off with the, the best ad I could find for this week. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it is uh, egg cartons for soundproofing. Right. Egg cartons for sale. I have many. Text me. And he puts his phone number. Uh, have you ever used egg cartons to do anything? Uh, to hold eggs. To hold eggs? I, I hold my eggs in them sometimes. Uh, you know, it's I'm watching my wife right now. She's tiptoeing around the room, trying to make herself a sandwich without trying to make noise. <laughs> it, the noise gate's going to catch you walking around. It's not. It's going to be fine. You don't need to worry about it, honey. So, egg, <laughs> I egg, was a little distracted by that. Egg cartons is one of those like <laughs> age old tricks that I'm not sure if it works. Well, the the, the guys, Bill, it, the, the 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 title says it's for soundproofing. Right. You, you can't... It depends on what you mean by soundproofing. Yeah. And I'm doing air quotes around proofing. Yeah. Uh, in my mind, soundproofing means if you've got a room and you do stuff so that when you're outside the room, you can't hear sound coming out of the room. Or when you're in the room, you can't hear sound coming from outside the room. Right. You need... You would need to have so many egg cartons to achieve that. Like, you need to have your walls, like, eight foot thick with egg cartons, I imagine. Yeah, well, the one thing is egg cartons, people grab them because they look like acoustic foam. Yeah. The difference is egg carton is made out of, like, just... It's like paper mache cardboard, yeah, it's isn't cardboard. it? Yeah, uh, cardboard. Whereas acoustic foam is made out of foam. So you're, you're right. talking about completely different material types. Um, there's actually uh, a lot of different... I don't know where this idea came from. I don't know if it's just because it looks the same. 
Um, but it's popular enough that do you remember the Great White Fire? Uh, yeah, the band Great White. Yeah, so that, that place went up. Down. Yeah, that bar burned down basically because, from what I understand, is it was soundproofed, soundproofed right. with uh, egg carton, which is like I said, it's paper. Right, it's paper. If that place went up in well, like even, even certain two minutes, will, will burn. Yeah, like the Caswell venue here in San Diego, they have as their backdrop uh, these uh, old bench seats from diners diner right bins, and they put them up on the wall as the backdrop and huh. it's really neat looking but years ago the fire marshal came through and was like uh what these are made out of is right. crazy flammable and that was just like the naga hide that wrapped around it so they had to completely huh. re uh, upholster all these things that they had originally recycled off of diner booths right and all of a sudden it's costing them all this money but they have to do it to keep their look uh, and meet fire code so the building yeah. doesn't burn down. But there, I think there is a place for egg cartons, but it's more like if you're in a room that's got a, it's got a lot of hard walls and sharp objects and stuff like that, and you want to kill like some room reverb or yeah. some bouncing around stuff. This, that uh, egg cartons will do that. It, it might do that, but uh, it'll catch it'll catch sound and soften up. There the room are probably uh, there are actually some. I'm reading a bunch of different things about it right now, and some guys are actually saying that it will kill some frequencies and boost others. It'll boost them. Like I guess because it's not necessarily it's not absorbing anything. It's just reflecting. Right. New things. So some frequencies are actually going to be boosted because they're not going to hit the wall and go somewhere else. They're going to like hit yeah. the wall and like recombine right there on the spot, I guess. I'm sure there is some level of, of absorption, but it's like, like we said, it's not foam. Yeah. It's not going to suck up sound that's drifting around. There's so many things that you could use that would be better than egg cartons if you're trying to develop some kind of acoustic environment. Things that'll look better too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I always like uh, you see them in studios and stuff is the ones that are made out of wood and they have like a million different little squares. Oh, yeah. I think those yeah. are cool looking and they're all like different depths. Did, I know they're expensive, so, but, but that's going to look a lot better in your in your home like studio than covering all your walls with egg cartons and making like a, like a homeless person shed in your house, you know? Right. So... Um... So this guy is saying that eight cartons will might work for like higher frequencies, but they won't do anything for lower frequencies. Like right. lower fre- frequencies well, will it just takes like a lot to slow it. down a low frequency. Yeah. Well, and low frequencies are also like they're big waves. Yeah. Um, the other thing, just that's sem- why when semi you're, related, if you're walking around in a downtown area, you can hear that hip hop club from three blocks away. Oh yeah. Because you're. Like, yeah. Um, That's going through brick and stuff. When you went to Carvin uh-huh. a couple weeks ago, I forget how long ago it was, like two, three weeks ago, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Did you go in their live sound room at all? Uh, I think I poked around in there, but I didn't like close the door and mess with anything. They might have it in all the rooms, actually. Well, I know they don't have it in the main room when you walk in. They might have it in the base room, and I know they have it in the live sound room. Is all everything has uh, the actual their the acoustic foam in there? Right. Next time you go there, if you want to have some fun, or if you guys who are listening ever are in a place with acoustic foam, like real acoustic foam uh, that's used for soundproofing and for uh, 
like serious sound control like you would find in a live studio, uh-huh. put your head up next to it. Yeah. Or like stand right in front of it and start like yelling as loud as you can into it. And then like watch through the window as everyone who works in the, yeah. in the store thinks you're crazy. You're crazy. No, I went to Carvin. Uh, this was a, a two or three years ago. I went into, I think it was their live center room. And I just put my ear right up next yeah. to the phone. And it's like, it's it makes you feel it's like you've weird. gone deaf in an ear because it's yeah. like all of a sudden there's no sound coming in that side of yeah. your head because every, everything in that soundproofing is catching all the noise. Right. Nothing's bouncing back at your ear. Like you could probably, if you had that on both sides of your head, you could probably hear your heartbeats. There, there's a meme that circulates. It's this image of, I guess, somewhere, I want to say it's like, like the University of Minnesota or something. It's uh-huh. some research facility. They have a room that's like 99.9% soundproof. Yeah. And like there's zero, there's not even like inter- internal reflection. And I guess when people, people who work in there are only allowed to work in there for certain lengths of time uh-huh. because after like a certain length of time you start to like go in, you start to hallucinate yeah. and you start to go insane. I've heard that before about soundproof environments and you know, uh, like sensory deprivation and yeah. stuff like that. Like you start, if you get alone with just your thoughts too much, you start to get a little kooky. <laughs> is that where this podcast yeah. is going to end that's, up? I, that's probably why most of us listen to loud music to, to get away from oh, gosh. the sounds inside our heads. Yeah. So anyway, uh, long story short, uh, don't buy egg cartons. Why would you buy egg cartons off of Craigslist anyway? I, Can't you? I wonder, well, where is this guy? There's a map here. Uh, I thought it was like right off the eight. Yeah, he's right off the eight and the fifteen, off of Friars. Do you think he was like a farmer or something? It's got to be a grocery store or <laughs> something like that. This guy's probably got a ton of these egg cartons that just aren't going to get used, or he's an egg. He's a chicken farmer. Or Maybe something. he's a hoarder. Maybe he's a hoarder. And no, he's like hoarders don't and, sell. And stuff. then he's like, dude, I gotta get. I gotta make get rid of some of this stuff that I don't want to make room for the stuff that I do want. Right. No, hoarders don't think that way. Yeah, that's true. They just stack stuff. Um, I wish I, I wish he said how much they were, just because I want to know what the going rate is on egg cartons. <laughs> what does he say? Like, I mean, just, these are these are like the eighteen pack trays. These are just big like make cartons. me an offer or what? Uh, no, he says he just wants you to call him and probably find out. Oh my gosh! But yeah, that's someone's probably going to do it. Some kid whose parents are complaining about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, don't don't do that. Yeah, it's it's better just to you know get a sleeping bag and hang that on the wall. Probably. Yeah. Something. I need, mean, it's the same thing. Yeah, you it's, need something that's going to absorb sound, not something that's going to yeah. reflect it different directions. Even like sleeping bag or a heavy blanket, like that's still going to be primarily high frequencies. Sure. But you already have that. You don't need to go buy more. Right. You don't need to go buy egg cartons when you already have blankets. Right. Yeah. Totally. You know, it's going to be just as effective. Which is to say, not very effective. Not very effective at all. No. And you're gonna you're gonna spend a fortune in thumbtacks hanging these on the wall. <laughs> penny nails are cheap. <laughs> they're they're a penny? they're literally a penny. Or why that's are what they, they called penny nails? Because is that why? That's how much they cost. I don't. Know. I don't know. But you're gonna need a lot. You're gonna spend at least eight dollars in pennies. Oh gosh. And penny nails. Okay, on to the next thing. Uh, you got an ad. Yeah, this got posted by uh, Trip Barker on our Facebook group this week. Mm-hmm. This is a '80s, '90s vintage Fender heavy metal Strat. Right. This guy's asking seven hundred dollars. It says vintage Fender HM Strat six string guitar, 
Two double humbucker pickups with a single in the middle. Black marble finish, rosewood fretboard, comes with strap and hard shell case. Case? Is that how it's spelled? (laughs) No, I just can't talk. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Asking $700 OBO. So this was originally, the guy was originally asking $999. Right. Well, this is is like a friend of, of Tripp's. Yeah. Or like it sounds like maybe a casual acquaintance. Yeah, yeah. He kind of. I think it was someone he knew from some other forum or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't played this specific incarnation of the heavy metal strat, but the heavy metal strat or the the HM which uh-huh. is, stands for heavy metal. Uh, it was another shot Fender took at trying to kind of get the super strat market back. Yeah. Well, this was right after Fender went. Uh, cell phone, right? Like they bought themselves back from CBS? Yeah. Uh, the HM series started r- after they got, they became FMIC. Right. So they were, they were trying to kind of find their feet and find their new identity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, they're interesting looking guitars. Uh, it's got the standard Fender Strat shape. Yeah, but then the headstock is painted black, which I think is always cool when you got the black headstock. I think, always think the black headstock on Fenders from this era looked really classy. Yeah, like the Japanese sort of thing. And then it, they completely redid the logo. Yeah, they did like this, just like brushed look. Well, it's like it's supposed to be like, graffiti or that's something. Like blue and white, and it just says the Strat. Like it doesn't right. even say Stratocaster. But it's funny because like now they make try to make every single Fender guitar look like it's out of. 1963 yeah. or something like yeah. that. Well, the headstock on this is a, is more of like a pointy, almost like a Gibson. Yeah. Exp- it's well, not on, cl- on that model is uh, some of some yeah. of the models had the Fender shape. This so that model had like trying to be a heavy metal. Yeah. Guitar. So this was version two. So there's a, at least three different versions of the HMs. Mm-hmm. There was the uh, they actually made some in the United States, but most of the HMs that I'm aware of were made in Japan. Yeah. This was the made in Japan version two. The earlier versions, the American version and the uh, Japanese version, both had traditional Fender headstock shaped, right? Uh, painted black, and some of them had a more standard, like a traditional Fender logo. Where it just said Fender, Stratocaster, right, in like spaghetti, like the whole spaghetti style, but it was right. white ink on black. They were trying a lot of different stuff. Yeah, uh, and then there were some like the one that you described. There, there's some where it looks kind of like it's this kind of spray painted looking thing. Yeah, there's one that looks like they used a stencil. I've seen. Uh huh. Um, and then this one again is a pointed headstock. I think all of the heavy metal series. I don't want to say all because I think I've seen some normal ones, but most of them had either like Cowler or Floyd Rose trims yeah. on them. I think that one's got a Cowler, right? Um, I, I know it's hard to tell from the picture, but I think it does. It's something. It's something double locking. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Um, and yeah, like you were saying, they were trying to be super strats. Yeah. Uh, trying to recapture that market because Charvel and Jackson and and all those guys and Ivan as were we're hitting it so hard yeah they were doing a lot of unique color schemes they were doing this one actually has a pit guard which is is uh sometimes you saw them on the heavy metal sometimes uh-huh. you didn't sometimes you saw ones that were more like the charvel san Dimas, where it was pit guard list double humbucker you know double yeah. locking trim all this stuff they were great playing guitars they still are they're yeah yeah there's yeah. i'm sure they're still great playing guitars I have a suspicion that the electronics are probably a weakness. Sure. In these um, Fender, for I mean, I I mean, you get yourself 
you know, how old are those now? This that's a, almost a twenty-five-year-old guitar. Yeah, uh, you're going to have certain things failing on you. Well, not just that, but like the are you saying like the pickups, the pickups themselves. Uh, I haven't. I'm trying to think if I've played. I have played the Japanese humbuckers. I played the Japanese version of the Atomic humbucker from the, uh-huh. or maybe it is the Atomic humbucker from the mid '90s. Right. I've never felt until more recently, and this isn't just my opinion. This is kind of like a general consensus that it took Fender a really long time to figure out how to make humbuckers that sounded like everyone else's humbuckers. Sure. And I don't know why that well, I think is. The problem was that they were trying to make humbuckers that sounded like their own humbuckers, right? And that's where they were messing up because it doesn't take a lot. Like there's yeah. millions of humbuckers out there. Like don't overdesign these things. Just make a PAF, and everyone's going to be happy. Right, right. It, it's just weird. Um, the Jag Sting I have had a Fender humbucker in it, and for the longest time, I thought, oh, I really hate the way humbuckers sound. Right. And then uh, I had that. Rep- I broke the switch on that guitar and had uh-huh. the whole that whole switch and and pickup replaced with a uh, Seymour Duncan JB, which is like their like hot PAF, yeah. basically. And when I made that switch, uh, I still wasn't like a huge fan of humbuckers, but at least I could say like, okay, I get it. Like I get why people like humbuckers. Whereas with the Fender humbucker, I was like, why would anybody want to use this uh, pickup that sounds like this? Right. Totally. So, uh, 700 yeah. bucks is on the top end of eBay for this. Yeah, it's, pr- it's pretty steep. I've, you know, I haven't seen any in person in a while in shops, but I remember those going more for like the 400, 500 kind of range. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, it's a tough market now because... The whole super strat thing isn't even really a thing right now. No, like it's always a thing in in like the heavy metal scene, but guys in that scene aren't picking up these guitars. Right, they're and, picking up Ibanezes and they're picking up you know Jackson. Right, and, and like unfortunately, that. because Fender only made like this specific style, I think for like two years, nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety, something like that. Um, the that whole like weird headstock shape. I don't think I don't want to say it's as desirable or like less desirable. I just don't think it's a thing. No, it's so not. So I think the heavy metal strats that have the traditional style headstock on them are a little easier to move. Sure. I would definitely rather have one of those yeah. than this weird But the the headstock. ones I saw on eBay that were going for like 700 uh were this style. Really? Like I was looking for that specifically. Interesting. Uh, I did find a couple but $700 is the absolute top end. Yeah. Uh, Where is this guy from? I don't know. Coming. Oh, this is uh, uh, this is from the Craigslist in Atlanta. Oh, okay. So I it's somewhere know. in the Atlanta area. He might be hard pressed to get his seven hundred bucks in Atlanta off of Craigslist. Yeah, I it's, think you're just going to be an eBay thing. Yeah, it's going to be tough. The pictures are pretty good. It comes with the hard shell case, which is nice. Yeah. I just think that this is uh, this is just a weird guitar. Yeah. It's I good. think I think around five hundred to six hundred, it would move. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, he might have he, he might be set on trying to get seven hundred. He might have to list it for two years or something like that. And everyone's going to be sick of it in Atlanta. Like this guy yeah. still still trying to sell that <laughs> thing. Everyone's seen it. Someone's going to buy it just because they don't want to see it on Craigslist anymore. I know. I, <laughs> there have been a few guitars where I thought like, 
Yeah. Maybe I should just buy this because I'm I'm on the fence. I'm like leaning towards not really wanting it, but I'm tired of seeing it. Yeah. I almost pulled the trigger on well, I wanted to so bad that that uh Univox that we talked about in an yeah, earlier yeah. episode. This like a Moserite shape. Uh, it came up on Craigslist again. The guy was trying to sell it. I was just staring at it every day like, oh, can I justify this? Can I justify this? Oh, man. And I couldn't justify it, and then it disappeared one day. So either got, the guy got tired of it, trying to sell it, or he did sell it. Uh, hopefully he did sell it so I don't see it again. <laughs> have to go through this whole no, emotional you'll, roller coaster. You'll see it again, but it'll be like different pictures. And yeah. It'll, and it'll, be, it'll restart the... The price, like the price, will go back. Yeah. Will be a hundred and fifty dollars more. Oh man! Yeah, for the money, I, I'd rather just get like a Hallmark C sixty or something like that. Right. Pick up a different take on the Moserite. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go on to uh, our third ad here. How are we third doing? Third ad. Time? We're doing good for time. Half an hour. We got time for another ad, right? Whatever. Let's treat ourselves. Oh yeah, yeah. We're having dessert. <laughs> this is ad dessert. <laughs> uh, this is for a collection of guitar pedals, and this is another one of those things where the guy doesn't want to part them out, and he's put a price for everything you see in the picture. Basically, it's six. Does pe- he? Does it say he won't part it out? No, but I think that's implied when you put. Oh yeah, a big price like this. Uh, he's asking four fifty. It's only six pedals, and it's, I'll, I'll I'll explain it to you. This it's on a T-bone plastic uh, pedal board. I don't know if you've seen these, but it's like a pre-manufactured pedal board that I don't really get it. It's got like space on it that are cut out, so it's like you've got a long space on each side for volume and wah. And then the center is thinner just to accommodate one line of pedals. And I do not get the design at all. Like, well, if if they had made it the same width all the way across, you could have fit two rows of pedals on here. Ryan, this is so you can pick a bone with Gator. At, Steve is, is reading the description. rugged, affordable pedal boards for every player. <laughs> oh, man. It's... It's some weird manufacturing idea. Someone trying to super brand, you know, these pedal yeah, boards. Yeah, G- Gators reason. made some like some good pedal board stuff. Yeah, they have a larger version of this that's curved that I kind of get. Like I kind of see like why it's yeah. aesthetically pleasing. I'm not into it. This one just seems like it's stupid. Yeah, All I right, won't even well, call it gimmicky. It's just stupid. It's stupid. It's a dumb design. Uh. Let's talk about the pedals that are on here. Yeah. I'll, I'll list the pedals, and you you throw out what you think they're okay. worth. Okay. Uh, we have a Vox V eight forty seven Wawa. Um, sixty bucks. Sixty bucks for that. That sounds I, fair. I think uh, an Ibanez FZ seven. That's the tone lock fuzz with uh, like the damage settings on it. Let's say forty bucks. Forty bucks sounds about right. So we're at a hundred bucks. Yeah. Okay. Then there is a. Uh, there's a little big muff, the the electroharmonics little big muff. Uh, let's say 50, 40, 50. Some... 40 to 50, so we're 150, we'll just yeah. say. Uh, we'll be generous to this guy. There's an MXR Dynacomp. I think those are great pedals. I mean, I think, they're classic. Let's say 
60 maybe i think they float around 60 to 80 but let's say that we're at like 210 right now okay with everything and then there's two more pedals uh best for last right yeah we've got a behringer uc20 ultra chorus like new this is like a clone of a chorus sucks zero (laughs) dollars this is a clone of like a fender chorus ensemble or something like that uh yeah, th- these are new. What's like, the other Behringer? These are new, like thirty bucks. Yeah, what's, used. What, you, what's you, the other Behringer on there? I think used. You can only ask like fifteen bucks for a Behringer pedal for sure. Uh, so that puts us at two twenty-five. Yeah, I would say maybe like forty yeah. bucks. Forty bucks for the pair, like twenty bucks yeah, each. Well, the, the other one is a, the Behringer Digital Reverb Delay DR four hundred, like new. Okay. Yeah, forty bucks for each, or I mean, forty bucks for both, or maybe even fifty bucks for both. So what does that put us at? Like two sixty, two, two. I think two fifty, two fifty, and then let's call that pedal board. What are they new? Like they're eighty bucks new. So fifty bucks used. Yeah. Uh, so three hundred bucks. Three hundred bucks. This guy's one hundred fifty dollars overpriced on all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and these are generous price. Like this, and is it a- says no adapters or patch cable cables included. It's like, come on, dude. Yeah. This isn't. So this isn't even us saying like, hey. This guy is going for the highest price that this stuff will fetch. Right. This is us saying, hey, this guy has no clue what his stuff is worth. Maybe he's he's asking what he paid, like retail prices for everything. Maybe he's on drugs. Maybe he's on drugs. Maybe he stole this and he's just like making a guess. But it's like, it's that's too expensive. It's not going to sell. And this... I don't know. Maybe if this he, guy will relist it at lower prices until it sells. But I have a feeling he'll probably just get frustrated. And be like, oh, Craigslist sucks. No one wants to pay. So the the Vox V4, this it's the V847? Yeah. You can buy it in the used section of Guitar Center for 40 bucks. Damn. Yeah. Or, or there's another one in the used section of Guitar Center for 45 bucks. They're yeah. $90 new. They're basically like... It's just a crybaby, yeah. right? Uh, basically, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. No, nothing. On Someone's the, gonna write and be like, "The Vox is so much better than the Crybaby." Whatever, it's I'm a sure wall. It it's a wall. It's a different flavor of wall. It's a right. wall. It's nothing. It's not a fancy wall. You had one of those FZ sevens for a while, the Ibanez fuzz. Uh, yeah, that's the one that I got from uh, Andrew Thomas. Oh, did you? Yes. Yeah, and I think I borrowed it from you for a little bit. Like we yeah. did a little bit of a trade and then traded back, and we. I both... traded that for a Taylor guitar case. Oh, okay. There that we go. smells like chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of chemicals? Uh, not good ones. All right. My, it's, there's something sticky in there. Like your wife complains every time you open it? Uh, I don't think it smells that bad, but if you put your... It's just musty. All right, all it right. It imparts a stickiness to my guitars. Yeah. This is just a dumb ad. Yeah. I just saw the price and I was like... You can, you gotta you got to part out your things. You can't sell them all together and you can't... like bump up the price like this yeah, no this, one's gonna buy it this is something where i mean even if you want to make the effort to sell it all together list out how you why you think this is worth more than four let 450 dollars uh-huh. and then say like this sort of thing if i'm gonna list this at 450 i'm i feel like i have to prove that this is worth at least 475 yeah. fi- 500 bucks so that to, means i'm gonna have, have to, to break down i'm gonna have to break down like okay uh, this Vox wall, you know, and like maybe, like I said, maybe it's all new prices. So new prices, I, I could see uh, every single wall, at least like 
four of those pedals trying to make the argument that oh each one of these is a is a eighty dollar new pedal sure. the thing so that puts you Not at the behringer says those no are but that puts 30 you and forty dollars that new. puts you at uh for the four pedals that puts you at 240 plus 80 bucks for the board puts you at 320 i mean i guess you even if you go 40 bucks for each one of those you're still Where only at 400 dollars i have no idea maybe he did bu- he buy this in australia or maybe something? he bought them at list I don't know. The guy's tripping. Yeah, tripping balls. Yeah, ball tripping. What does that mean? Why do people say that? I don't know. It's a drug slang thing. Is it a drug? We like- need to... We'll do some research, and we'll figure it out. We'll do some drugs and figure out why it's called tripping balls. <laughs> tripping... Yeah, I don't get it. Somebody let us know. <laughs> tell us why it's called tripping yeah, balls. Yeah, tell us why we are falling over a ball. Yeah. Okay, let's, uh, let's talk topics. Yeah. All right. Uh, here, you read this, Steve. Oh, oh no! <laughs> there we go. Ryan just handed this paper to me with his foot. Yep. All right, this is from Adam Rohrer. Excuse me. That he says, beer burp, huh? Hi, guys. I recently stumbled across your podcast while doing a googly search for guitar podcast, and I'm so very glad I did. <laughs> I'm loving it so far. Check out the Crossed Wires podcast. Have you checked this out yet? I haven't yet. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'll check it out this week, I've been week, meaning though. to. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's very similar to yours, just not quite as entertaining. Ooh. Um, okay. Well, we'll check it out, and we'll uh, we'll see, we'll drop our opinions once I mean, we check if it someone's out. less entertaining than us, that's pretty bad. <laughs> We're not that great. <laughs> uh, so, on to the question. Here's a question for you. What are your pedal board essentials? If you could only choose three pedals, excluding tuners, what would it be? Mine would probably be a Barber Game Changer, DD7, and maybe some kind of Fuzzy Fuzz. Fuzzy Fuzz. Or maybe a Tube Screamer. I found a mod online that I did to my TS9. It basically gives a bass boost and also gives more clarity, so it's a little less nasally, making it like a Turbo Tube Screamer. Uh, so thanks for creating this podcast. It's right up my alley. I included a couple MP3s in my band. I think we're going to do one at the end. Yeah, we're going to pick one of his songs. Uh, so uh, we'll talk more about that later. Sure, sure. Um, oh, crap. I just dropped it on four. Pick so three pe- three pedals. Uh, you go first. Uh, well, so... I've well, you've got that pedal right there. There's yeah, two pedals I've actually been one. thinking about that. And it's like... If we include things that are like two for ones or whatever, or like this makes digital modeling. Yeah, can I just get? Can I just have three line six M fives? <laughs> well, isn't that just like the the M nine or the M thirteen or something? I like guess that? <laughs> Th- three line six M thirteens. I'm oh done. Oh my gosh! Three overkill. Right? Three Axe effects twos. <laughs> uh, let's let's set some rules. Let's assume this means. Single function pedals that are, you know, that they can be digital, but they can't be multi effects. Okay. Um, what about like common two in ones on the market? What would that an example like, of that be? Like the full drive two or like the visual sound Jekyll and Hyde? Yeah. Well, I don't think the Jekyll and Hyde, but the, the full drive is more like uh, it's got a boost on it, right? I, I don't know. I've never played one. I think one. something that incorporates a boost is just one pedal. But like the Jekyll and Hyde is two pedals. Let's be honest. But I think the full drive two, the boot, is the boost independent or no? I have no idea. It is, but it's still like, I think that. Maybe you're just using it for a boost. Okay, we'll just, 
No, just just say this. Single, say all single pedals. Single pedals. Single you pedals. You can look at the Jekyll and Hyde and be like, oh, well, then that's a distortion and a tube screamer. Yeah, that's that's two different pedals. Right, well, but I'm okay. saying you've got to choose which one you want. All right. So you could do you could do a two you could do a double pedal, but that counts as two pedals. Okay. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Um, same thing for triple pedals. <laughs> <laughs> and quad pedals are just right out. <laughs> No, I'm trying to think of what a triple... Like, I'm trying to think of a triple pedal. They're but out there. Actually, the SBN, who uh, build, who has built a, a couple of few of the pedals on my board, uh-huh. uh, came out with the triple pedal called the Trinity uh-huh. that was, a, um, I think, a boost, distortion, and overdrive oh, uh, all EHX, in a single box. Electroharmonics has the Holy Stain, which is... Is a, that like three reverbs it's or a, something? No, it's a muff. It's a... Uh, memory boy and it's a neo clone gross yeah i know right okay <laughs> that's cool and it looks so douchey it's got it's uh what did i the holy St- no not the holy stain it's, it's the tattoo oh i haven't seen that one it's got like this like douchey douchey tattoo graphic on it like ed hardy or <gasps> no that other guy like it's so ugly but you know it's probably really usable. Oh yeah, except I don't know what I would do with the Neo Clone, but the Neo Clone is a neat, like, like Univibe sort of sound. Is it? Yeah, kind of chorusy, kind of Univibe. I know someone who has one. It sounds good. So maybe you should just get that pedal and you're done. Oh my gosh, there's I don't your need three that. pedals. That that would that would complete it. So what 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 um, would you what do you, what are your you man. don't even have to pick a model like what what are your three essentials that you so, need? I think. And you can divide it up like bass and guitar and yeah, yeah. Different okay. Projects so I think like for that. guitar, um, for like because I'm just playing guitar in church, really. Uh-huh. I'm gonna have to have some kind of delay. Uh, I just traded away my DD7, so I'll stick with the DD5. I kept my DD5, so uh, for this Bigfoot fuzz, um, I have the trade was for a delay, and I have a DD5 and a DD7. Uh-huh. Um, the DD7 is worth more. I've had that DD5 for so long right? Um, that I just, like, when it came to trading one or the other, I just said, like, I'm going to let the DD7 go, even though it, it's technically better. The hold function is longer. The, the analog, I don't even think the DD5 has an analog setting. Uh-huh. Uh, the modulation setting on the DD7, the modulated delay is really good. It's a really solid delay pedal. I've just had that DD5 for so long that I was like, I'm, I'm going to stay with this. Sure. Stay loyal. Um, stay loyal. Yeah. Keep my stuff. Um, but I would say like a DD5 or DD7, that would be my delay. Uh, you got a lot of versatility there. What about like, are we throwing stuff out like the DD20? Or like... No. Or like the... Uh, that's modeling Or stuff. like the timeline. Let's talk... Trying to cheat the system No, here. that's what I'm saying. Like, right. so, so, time, so, so Strymon is out. I think things that have multiple banks of settings like that, because a timeline, you can basically dial that stuff in with, you know, some of their individual pedals, right? I don't know. Either do I. I think, <laughs> I think that's the way it works, though. I think the timeline covers, like, a, the ground of oh, a lot of Oh, it's just got, like, a ton of... The timeline is just, like, a ton of different delay presets and a ton of different delay models. Yeah. It's kind of like a DL4 on steroids, right? I guess that right? counts, though. I guess that's fine. Yeah, I've never fine. used one, so I'm yeah. not going to pick it. Yeah, uh, I would go delay. That, that would be something like that. Would be your all-in-one delay. You'd never need another delay, sort right? Of thing, which is why people love that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I guess so. 
Um, I would probably go with uh, some kind of overdrive, like a tube screamer. Right. Uh, I've got that um, uh, Little Eagle, which is a tube screamer clone. And then for my third pedal, I might go with something like a Rat. Okay. Which has a pretty good range of like heavy distortion yeah. to uh, fuzz. Like if you dial it in, if you like cut the filter down low you get kind of like a real fuzzy tone um if i was doing bass the rig would be similar but i think i would cut the um overdrive and go rat flanger delay because ah, okay. the flanger into the delay d- kind of can give you like a mo- that modulated sure. delay modulated kind of if you set the delay right you can do kind of like a modulated reverb kind of a totally, thing totally. which is fun That's with bass everyone hates you know every drummer hates it because they don't know which bass signal to follow <laughs> um but uh, you know that I think that's what I would go with, and that's kind of just based on what my board is. So there's probably some really obvious pedals I'm not thinking of. Sure, I thought uh, you would have put a, a fuzz on the bass pedal. Well, you know that's the thing is I'm thinking like, do I want to go rat or do I want to go with a with the fuzz? Right. Um, you don't want to put, throw like a volume pedal in there or anything like that. But then what am I going to take off? That's true. If I, I mean, I could go. I yeah, mean, I guess that's true. really, for so I mean, to be honest, for church playing, I could probably just go, uh, tube screamer volume pedal delay and play ninety nine percent of the music that we do. Right. And if I need like a heavier distortion sound, just turn up the gain on the tube screamer and, and live with it. Yeah. Um, or I'll pick these three pedals and then I'll run it through a line six spider valve. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah, the, the, the question doesn't ever say what amp you can yeah, use. Yeah, I'm running all of this through a Kemper profiler. Oh my gosh. Which is like every amp. Right. Right? Something yeah. like it's that. It's every amp and then any amp that you encounter because you can like set up a mic and right. profile your own amps. <laughs> oh man. So what would you pick? Uh, well, it depends on which project we're talking about. I think for church, I really don't need that much for church. I would probably do my DD3 because uh, I'm I really like the DD3. It's a it's a digital delay, but it's got kind of like a little bit of an analog decay to it. So it's kind of right. You can trick it into being a little bit warm. Yeah, and it's just an all around kind of solid delay pedal. Uh, I would need. I'd probably. I'd hate to say it. I'd probably just stick with the OCD as my drive. Okay. Because it's pretty versatile. You can dial it around to be different things. Yeah. And it's pretty amp-like. Uh, people are starting to steer away from the OCD just because I think it became so kind of oversaturated and everyone had one and people right. tried different stuff now. But it works. It's a great working pedal. It's kind of uh, a little muddy, a little dark, but it's you know got a, a lot of variation in there that you can play around with. You could make it brighter if you want. Uh, but it's you know kind of just an amp like overdrive, and then what would I do for a third one? I'm having trouble deciding between picking like a light drive to stack with the OCD or picking some kind of modulation. Like I like. To what use... about an Altoids tin? Would you put an no, Altoids tin in place of a pedal? No, I wouldn't. I never would. Uh... <laughs> I really like to use tremolo sometimes at church. 
don't know. It's a tough one. I, you know, if I have to be honest, I'd probably throw a DoD two fifty in front of the okay. OCD. So I'd have two drives, and then I'd have a delay, and then that's what I would do. And if I needed tremolo, then I would just fake it with a volume knob or something like that. You know, uh, for for my surf rock band for Dinosaur Ghost, I need the DoD two fifty. I need some kind of reverb. So it's either going to be the uh, the Catalan bread, uh, the Topanga, or it's right. going to be the Boss FRV1. And it's tough because I have a couple songs where I need a little bit of tremolo, but I could do without it. And I have a song where I do like a freak out on a f- delay. I guess I need the delay more. I don't really need the tremolo. So it would be drive, reverb, and then delay. So it would be the DD... Uh, three again, right? Or it would be my. Uh, maybe I should reverse this. Maybe I'll do the DD three for the surf band, and I'll keep my. I'll put the my memory toy for the worship <laughs> band. I'm building these in a world where I actually have to choose between boards, right? <laughs> apparently, yeah. uh, in a world I know, right? And do I have any other projects? No, that's it, right? Um, that. I mean, it's, you know, I think if I was just a home, what if if I was just a home player and I had to choose just three ultimate pedals to do all sorts of stuff? Because we're talking about specific projects where we already know what we use and we don't use. Right. Uh, I'd probably want something that could kind of straddle the line between like a fuzz and a a distortion. So maybe like a metal muff or something like that. Or, like, some kind of really souped up... Isn't a metal muff a dual pedal? No, it's not. I don't think it is. Well, they have single versions of it. Like, oh, okay. little, little metal oh, muffs. Oh, the little metal muff. But that... Just you, a little muff. With some dialing, you can get those to sound like either like a heavy metal distortion, or you can get them to sound like a fuzz. Uh, or maybe I'd get something completely different. This is a hard question. Do There's they even make the metal muff anymore? Yeah, totally. Uh... Yeah, I'd probably do some kind of fuzz, like a really versatile fuzz, uh, and maybe like a ZVEX Fuzz Factory or something like that. That'd be cool. And then I'd probably still have some kind of, uh, oh, you know what I could do? I could cheat, and I could get one of those Boss uh, Delay Reverb pedals. Oh, the the RV5? RV yeah. RV3? So, so then I could have Delay and Reverb. That's not even really cheating because you have to pick one or the other. Exactly. Like it's a setting. It's one or the other. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe some sort of kind of overdrive. So it'd be two drives and then a, a time pedal, you know? Okay. So something like either like a Tube Screamer or like a Boss SD1 or the OCD or, you know, something in the overdrive department. So right. I'm guessing what I'm saying for a very simplistic home board like you know meat and potatoes essentials it's nice to have a drive it's nice to have something fuzzy for your like retro kind of uh kind of sounds you know what and might then have... it's nice to have some kind of time pedal a delay or a reverb you know what might have... i i didn't even think about this till now um and i really have to sit down with them to figure out if i'd want to go this route modded ds1 yeah, because you got you have like a mid a pretty 
he strong, can, heavy distortion, like mid-heavy distortion, uh-huh. mid-gain. And, and then you with, can get some fuzzy get, sounds out of it. You can get some fuzzy sounds if it's set right. But then with the switch fl- flipped, you're definitely more in an overdrive territory. That's true. I might, yeah, I might throw in my the modded DS1. It's a thought. It's an option. I've I've been thinking about making a smaller board for for Dinosaur Ghost. Right. Just so I don't have to haul so much stuff around. Uh, it's just a matter of actually doing it, you know? Sure. Sure. I probably would have more than four pedals. So we're ta- including a tuner here. Yeah. It says not including a tuner, but, you know, there's going to be a tuner. So it's go- You're going to need a tuner. Yeah, you've got to have Unless you get pedals. a Reverb.com headstock tuner. <laughs> I'm never going to do the headstock <laughs> tuner. I'm too abusive. I move around too much. You know, I thought that, but I haven't had any issues with mine yet. Yeah, but you've been on a church stage. I've been... I've watched, I've watched your videos. I don't have that many videos that you can really... I've watched your videos. I've been to I've your I've been to mic stands and stuff. Oh, that's and, true. Yeah. So that's our topic. Uh... What we want to talk about the song that he sent yeah, us? Yeah, let's talk about the song. I circled this the one on, from, the, on the paper uh, there. From Adam Rohrer again. This is from his band called The Pig Merchants. Yeah. Did you listen uh, to this at all? No. <laughs> it's been a really crazy week. I That's really fine. haven't done anything. That's fine. I listened to both of the songs. I really like them. Uh, really uh, tight uh, production on these. Yeah. They uh, sound really solid. This song is called Tondo. Tondo, I like the name. I don't know what it's about. Well, I don't you're know find what that name means. As as we start listening to it, yeah. So let's uh, let's, let's check not this do out. The, let's not do the 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 music is fading in okay. joke this week. All right. I know that you didn't like that the last two episodes, <laughs> and we won't do it this time. So All what right. what do we want to do as we transition know. into this? I don't know. How what is can... the alternative? Just we can just I don't know. That's the problem. We should have planned this out. Okay. Well, on the count of three, let's do a goodbye. Okay. One, two, three. Goodbye. Goodbye. And I'm looking for something Like someone just trying to stay warm But the fire I feel is under my skin So I'll float on till later The shore is so far, far away But I got the sun Oh
I've earned my freedom, I own. 